Thank you for joining us on the Underdog Podcast, the place where we believe at one point in your life, you were an underdog and overcame adversity. And for that reason, we want to hear your story. I am your boy, Calvin Blackman. And I am Kyle Decker. This episode is powered by Planet Fitness. Hey, Black, it's 2020, and I am so motivated to work on this dad bod. I bet you are, Deck. I think Planet Fitness is the perfect place to do that, considering how much we travel. You're right, Black. I couldn't agree more. They have more than 1,800 locations nationwide with some of the cleanest spaces we've ever worked out in. Yeah, and don't forget the friendly staff and unlimited free fitness classes. So head over to their website today, planetfitness.com, and join us in making 2020 the year we rid the dad bod. Hey, Black. Do you know what a Shotsky is? I have no idea. Enlighten me, Deck. Will do. If you followed the University of Cincinnati's baseball team, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, last year, our guest, head coach Scott Guggins, led the team to their first NCAA appearance in 45 years. Man, wow, that's incredible. There isn't a stat in the world that would be better to describe how Coach Guggins has turned this underdog team around. Welcome to the UDP, Coach. Appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. All right, we'll get rolling here. So today we have Scott Guggins, um, head baseball coach of the University of Cincinnati, and more importantly, uh, my alma mater, high school alma mater, Granville High School. Gville. He is the number one man in, in Granville. He said I was before we started the podcast, and um, we're we're blessed to have you on on the underdog, and and we look forward to. Uh, uh, asking some mindful questions, hopefully, and sharing some some knowledge, and hopefully, take some nuggets and help help folks that listen to our platform. So, yeah. Uh, so, let's talk a little bit about your upbringing, because uh, I'd like to talk, really focus in on kind of your trajectory of, as far as your coaching career. Because I've kind of I went through the the startup, getting into the coaching career, but um, as far as with sports and everything, you know, talk a little bit about your your amateur career and and then how that transitioned into co- collegiate. You know, I. Uh, I was pretty good in athletics. Again, I don't. I don't feel better like than I, Kyle. Decker. Well, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't feel like I was ever an athlete. Now, you know, when you get older, <laughs> right. it's unbelievable. But uh, you know, I just my my father was a, a professor at Denison, but he also was an athletic trainer. So I was around, you know, two day football to to basketball. I was able to you know travel with the you know, Denison basketball team and the baseball team. So, you know, I kind of gravitated towards athletics that way. Um, you know, but. Uh, it was it was one of those things. I went to Ohio Wesleyan, played, wasn't a very good player. Uh, I did get hurt my my fifth year. I was a, a student coach, and uh, you know, I, when I graduated, wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I sent out a lot of, and this is before emails. I sent out a lot of letters uh, to to different schools in Ohio to to you know to be a, an assistant coach. And uh, Bob Morgan at Indiana University uh, said, "Hey, come on over." I, I went over to, to Bloomington was a was a volunteer. Uh, you know, for the first couple of years and then got on as an assistant. And that's kind of how got the ball rolling with me. Now, when you say volunteer, let's talk back. What year was this? This was in 92. 92. So that is zero income. Yeah. Living in a college town, yeah. probably in a dorm. No, I was, I uh, had, to, I lived, my first apartment was a lady, uh, I rented from a lady's basement. I lived in a lady's basement for $200 a month. $200 a month. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cheap. <laughs> so when we talk about underdog, and I don't know if this is probably one of your most memorable, but I remember going through that when I started coaching at the D2 level and making, I think I was making 11800 bucks a year. 
uh, living in a dorm with other coaches. What was that like when you were initially getting started? Obviously, you were doing it because of the love of the game, but there had to be those thoughts of, what am I doing? Totally. Uh, I, I you always use this story uh, about the three bricklayers. You know, a uh, guy goes up to a bricklayer, say, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm laying bricks. He goes up to the next guy, what are you doing? He's like, I'm building a wall. And then he goes up to the third guy, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm building a cathedral. And, you know, to me, the first guy, he's just doing a job. You know, the second guy, it's kind of his, you know, his, his career. And the third guy, it's his calling. He, he's like Mike was talking about with, you know, working at NASA, everybody has a, a purpose. And for me, when I, when I first started out at, at Indiana, I didn't know what I was going to do. I figured I'd just coach for a couple of years and try to figure it out, kind of bridge that, that gap of, you know, to growing up. And uh, so it was just a job. And then, uh, you know, after a couple of years, I'm like, man, I could, I could make a career out of this. And uh, so, you know, you, you still keep working. And then, you know, now I feel it's my calling and it's not to win baseball games. It's development. You know, we, we talk about that. So it's kind of that, you know, like I said, it, it wasn't like when I first graduated, like, yeah, I want to be a baseball coach. It was like, what do I do next? And I wasn't really sure. And, uh, you know, I, I was very lucky that my parents supported me uh, because, like, when I was a volunteer, I remember, you know, making pizzas at Papa John's Pizza. I'd, I'd work from about 8.30 in the morning till to about 7 o'clock at night, and then I'd work at Papa John's from 8 to 2 o'clock in the morning. And one day I, I showed up late to, to our, our meeting at 8.30, and, you know, Coach Morgan got on me pretty good about, hey, man, if you want to – you know, make pizzas, you can go back to Ohio Wesleyan type of deal. If you want to coach, you better be here. And that, that really kind of opened my eyes to be like, yeah, if I'm serious about this, then I need to be all in and, and be on board with with being there and no matter what it takes. So uh, I kind of flipped the switch a little bit. Uh, but then I was lucky I, I got hired on as a, as a full-time assistant. I say that, but back then it was a restricted earnings coach and you made $10,000 a year. You know, the, the NCAA ended up getting sued over it. Uh, you know, there, there wasn't a big settlement. I thought there was at that point in time. <laughs> right. It was, you know, a couple thousand dollars, which at that point in time, my career was a lot of money. But, uh, you know, it was just, uh, it was a kind of a progression. Um, and, and again, I feel like, as I always say, you don't know if you make a wrong decision, you make it a right decision. And that's kind of how it, it, it all kind of transformed for me. Absolutely. So as you're growing, so you start to build your career in collegiate baseball, which you were at our, our alma mater as well, which is Miami University. So I know, um, and you know, I, I tell you too, it's like usually they talk about your college being the best four years of your life. I think being in Oxford was the best four years of my life. Uh, I taught racquetball class and baseball theory. Uh, so I would get up in the morning and, and get in the office about 6.30. I'd teach racquetball class at like a 9, 10, 11. Then the coaches would come down. We'd play racquetball for a couple hours, I'd shower, eat lunch. We'd go to practice, and then I'd, I'd go hang out with Tracy Smith. Yep. He was the head yep. coach at that time. and. You know, it was just, uh, you know, Oxford was an awesome time. It was a great four years. I got married when I was there. So it was, uh, Oxford is, is a is a special place. for uh, Miami of Ohio is a special place for me, but I didn't mean to cut you off. With no, that. no, that's great. No, I drink of, I love the passion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd love to hear the stories. What's your favorite, uh, not to get off too much off subject, what's your favorite um, restaurant in Oxford or what was? Well, you know the bagel and deli. I'll yeah, try to help well, you. We just, we just, you know, or... we just we just went to the bagel and deli okay, yeah, cool. the other day. Um, I liked Skipper's right next door. Yeah. Uh, you know, the sign Keller was was pretty good. I yeah. went there because not too many of the students went there as much. But uh, yeah, it was there were a lot of neat places there. Yeah, yeah. I know um, you had a relationship or knew Coach Hepner, who was our yeah. our head coach, and Coach Montgomery, yeah. and um, talk about cradle of coaches and 
sustaining excellence and growing in a career. Um, so to get back onto, onto your uh, career path. Um, so then you're building, like you said, you're out of the basement, 200 bucks a month, kind of go back. I'm trying to visualize your situation because I, I wasn't, to be honest, in your guys' shoes. So I hear the stories of how hard it is to start in a career and got a lot of friends and, and stuff that have gone through, you know, graduate assistant positions or restricted coaches or the different things. Then how did you, you know, you're talking about the coach mentioning, you know, all in, then how did you go all in and then get those positions at each of the universities and then now to here? Well, you know, sometimes when you don't know what you don't know, it's a good thing. And I think that was that was kind of my deal. Like, you know, you could say, hey, perseverance. You could say grit. I really didn't look at it that way. Um, you know, as I said, I, I thought I was a pretty good player. Um, you know, when I went out to Indiana, you know, I was in charge of coaching the, the – I was a catcher. I was in charge of the outfielders. And, like – I really didn't know how to coach him, you know, and, and so Coach Morgan gave me, a, you know, he's one of my mentors, really taught me how to coach even the, the, the catching position and, and coaching the, the hitters. So it was one of those, like, it really, you didn't know what you didn't know. And, mm-hmm. and just, it was it was like, you know, I hate to say it, but it was like being a sponge and you're learning and, and all the time. Um, Tracy Smith uh, came, he, he and I were assistant coaches in 95, 96, and 96 we won the big Big Ten tournament. Uh, Tracy got the job at Miami, and I stayed in, Bloom- in Bloomington for that for the next four years. But then he called me up at, in 2000, and we were sitting there talking, and we we're actually trying to hire another. He was trying to hire another guy who was a buddy of mine, was my roommate out at, in Bloomington, and he didn't he didn't really want to make a move. I said, man, I'd, I'd be all, you know interested in doing that. So I I went over to, to Oxford. That's really how I got the. The, you know the job at, at Miami was through Tracy like we had a you know he's one of my best friends uh, so we had a mutual friendship he hired me over there um, you know we were there for four years and it was it was interesting and, and this is probably when when the job at Xavier opened up uh, another system of my, uh, with me was Dan Simons he got the job and it was one of those like do I go with with Dan down to Xavier do I stay with Tracy it was kind of you know Tracy's one of my best friend and Dan is too. Uh, now, but uh, you know, at that time, I didn't know how he'd be as a head coach, and I took the leap of faith to to go down with Dan because he was going to make me the recruiting coordinator, the you know, the top assistant. I'm thinking, you know, if I want to be a head coach, that's what I need to do, and that's the only reason why I left uh, left Oxford. And uh, you know, I was there for one year, and Tracy, you know, they had a really good team that year. I think they won 46 games, went to the Texas Regional. He ended up going to you know, Coach Morgan retired at at Indiana. Tracy got the job at IU. Dan moved back up to to Miami, and I got the the, the uh, job at Xavier by default, so to speak. You know, and <laughs> well, um, but again, I always I always use this as a coaching point with our guys too. It's like you know, if you're not happy about your playing time, you've got to prepare because you don't know when your opportunity is going to come. Yep. And when you get that opportunity, you got to make make, make the most of it because if you don't. You know, I'd have been fired. You know, a year or two later, if I didn't, you know, and we went through some growing pains yeah. uh, at Xavier. But you know, you have to be ready. And and sometimes, you know, as in the athletic world, as in real life, you don't know when your opportunities are going to come. Sometimes it's dressed as as adversity. You don't know. You just have to be ready. And that's a great point. I mean, just to reiterate that, I think for anyone that's listening, a nugget they can take away is, as you said, always be prepared and expect visualize like you said you were ready to go uh when your time was there and ready to take that risk and 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 trust yourself like you said your goal was to be a head coach and so you went out of your comfort zone left tracy to come to with coach simmons at at xavier and obviously that move to take a little bit of risk i talk about people all the time 
Uh, when we start up businesses, that's a risk. But if you believe in yourself and you believe in what you can do and you have the resources and support, go do it. Sure. And it drives me crazy. So many people won't do what you did. And I tell people all the time, like, t- take that leap of faith. Trust yourself. As long as the, the variables and the support is there, you know, go and do it. So I think that's a great thing to hear from Coach Googs on that. Let me ask this, though, on the flip side, kind of play a little bit of a devil's advocate. I've gone through coach changes before. As a coach, like our head coach leaves, who's the next guy going to be? And I vividly remember when I was coaching at St. Joe, our head coach left, and then our offensive line coach. We always used to sit and say, if I were the head coach, I would do it this way. All of a sudden, AJ becomes the head coach, and I remember he vividly one day in a meeting said, oh, crap, like I'm the head coach. What was that aha moment like for you? It, you know, it, well, first of all, when you become the head coach, you think you have to have all the answers, and you don't. Um, you know, that, that's the biggest misnomer. Like, that's just something I had to get over. It's like you have to ask for help. You have, you know, there's going to be things that you, you don't really always know and, and, and have to do. But I think it goes back to you coached the way you were coached, you know. And, and so that, that's where, like, my coaching style, I try to be positive, a lot of pats on the back. If i got to pat them a little bit hard, a little bit lower, you know, i got to kick them in the rear, I will. But, you know, that, that was probably the biggest thing is, is you know, I, I had a couple different coaching styles growing up. And, you know, even when I was coaching with Coach Morgan to Tracy Smith, they were different than, than who I was. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the other part is you have to be true to who you are and coach the way – that again, you feel you're going to get the, you know, because you can't be fake. Because guys, you know, as as a player, you know when a coach is being fake and and that type of deal. So, but I, I had a couple of those moments. I still have those moments, like you know, holy smokes, you know, you're because you, you do. You have a lot of impact, a lot of influence on, on you know, not only the team but you, you know, the the school and that type of stuff. That you have to be mindful of it. Sure. What do you, I mean, you obviously had a, a great um, season this year um, going to the College World Series, right? That'd be the correct regional. term. Or that, regional. Regional, yeah. Regional. Every, yep, yep, um, regional. Still learning my baseball terminology. Well, a lot of people but, say, hey, man, congratulations on the World Series. Right. I look at the World Series as being Omaha. In Omaha. Right, 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 right. But, uh, you know, again, being able going to. Going to Oregon State. Yes. And, um, and having a great, winning the AAC, so yeah. having a great, great season. Um, what do you think, how are you building this program? Like, what are you valuing in recruiting and in the different things there as far as building the players and the staff well, think, and I the think, culture? Building? I think you have to, you know, get the right personnel because I think we are, we are in a, a people business. And even though, you know, whether it's football or, or basketball or, or baseball, it, it is, it's a business, but uh, it's also a people business. So again, you, you look at some of the, you know, the skill set, but you also want to make sure that, that they're the right type of of a person coming here um, and that they're coming here for the right reasons. Because again, even, you know, coming, coming over here, like obviously they've got, we've got a great stadium. We're in a great conference uh, there, you know, there's, there's some resources here, but you know, we're looking for the blue collar guys, you know, we're looking for the guys that are, that are baseball players, not guys that play baseball. And I'm sure, you know, being football, you've, you've had guys that were guys that were just football players, players in name only because they weren't really into to trying to develop their, their their craft or their skill. They just, you know, hey, they got a scholarship or, hey, somebody said, yeah, you're pretty good. You can make the NFL, uh, you know, it, but we, we want guys that, uh, you know, want to be here, uh, want to do the right things. You know, a- academics, we, we talk about our student athletes. The student comes first. So, you know, I, I don't want to be a babysitter or, or a, you know, police officer make, following you around to make sure you're going to class. We want to make sure that we're getting guys that, that want to do the right things, but also have aspirations to play 
play at the next level uh, because again those guys are going to work extra hard you know in in the weight room in the in the cages doing stuff you know pitching wise so you want those those guys that are intrinsically motivated um, you know to to be in in the program and, and we're also trying to hit the local you know there's a lot of local uh, talent here in Cincinnati and in you know Southwest Ohio in in Ohio we're trying to hit Ohio hard yep. um, you know, trying to keep the the good talent uh, here in Cincinnati what is your thought process or what advice would you have for a lot of times student athletes when they're done obviously we want to you know grow them into men on those four years that you have them but when they graduate a lot of times student athletes don't know what direction they want to go what advice do you have for student athletes for any college graduate i think when you're done with college and going into the real world you know, it's interesting because as, as I was telling my story, like I had no idea what I was going to do. And, uh, you know, to say, hey, follow your passion. I'm not sure that's that's really the right uh, advice either. But you, you just have to you just have to go out there and experiment, you know, with with what you want to do. Uh, obviously, we've got some guys that just graduated last year. They're still, tr- you know, chasing the dream to play Major League Baseball. You know, the reality of it is it's probably not going to happen. But, man, you're, you know, you're, you're 22, 23 years old. You've you know, you don't have a family chase your dream, man, you know, go for it, that type of deal. Mm. Um, you know, but I tell them, because I'm always amazed when, when recruits and we're bringing recruits on earlier and earlier, when they know what they want to study or they know what they want to do. And, and again, I don't know if they're high achievers or like, cause I, I had no idea. I had yeah. no idea. I mean, I'm, I'm probably five, six years after I graduated college, I still wasn't really sure, you know, I was still just laying bricks, you know, I wasn't sure what I really wanted sure. to do. Um, so I'm always amazed when people, uh, have that, you know, my, my daughter, she's kind of like I was, she doesn't really, really know what she mm-hmm. wants to do. And now my, my son, my oldest son, man, he wants to be an engineer. Like he, he already has it planned out. He's, you know, he's gun ho with everything. I, you know, to me, I wasn't that way. So with, with our guys, I, I tell them not to, to worry about it because there's always some anxiety at the end of, you know, and it happened this year, you know, we had a couple guys that, you know, am I going to get drafted? You know, what am I going to do? You know, I don't have a job. I haven't had an interview. I said, you know, let, let's be in the moment, be where your feet are. Just have fun right now. Like we're having a great run. Let, let's just, just enjoy it. Afterwards, you're still going to have parents. You know, they, you have a house to go back to if, if worst case scenario. But you know, you'll you'll get a job. You know, you'll you'll have an opportunity now, now, to. Now they can call Kyle and Calvin. Yeah, yeah, Black, yeah. Black, Black and Decker. Yeah, there so we we're, go. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're hiring. Let's go. Um, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> good. That's a good. Uh, not, that's yeah. a good resource. Now you know I where need, to send them. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. But I think that's great advice. You know, as far as um, we say it all the time, is you can work like. Control you can control. Yeah. Be in the moment. And I think so oftentimes we, we aren't in the moment. You know, I catch myself oftentimes as well. So I think how you're developing those young men to to think in the moment and trust. And I, I tell any student athlete that what they go through, you know, now being out for a long time, not to date ourselves here, but being out for 10 plus years, the development and what the coaching staff is doing and, you know, the, the professors and the teachers that, um, you know, work lo- or not work, but they're playing student athlete career of getting up, um, you know, sometimes, you know, out of season, you know, at least in football, you know, we called it, you know, developmental lifts and stuff like that at 5 a.m. or, you know, spring conditioning and, and then to class and then to study tables and to all those different, you know, items, you know, your, your 40, 50 hour work weeks. I tell student athletes all the time, like you said, don't worry about it. There's employers and, and if they're not looking for that, it's not going to be the right fit for you anyway. You just need to, 
you know, put yourself out there or connect with the right people. And there's employers. We work with hundreds of employers. We have thousands of people out to work. They are desperate for disciplined, focused, competitive, uh, fo- you know, individuals. And we tell people all the time that. So I, I agree wholeheartedly with there. And anyone that's listening, especially if you're a student athlete or one of the folks on on this team, is you know, it's it's the skill set that you're developing is the most important thing in the now. Um, and and you can really really. Um, you know, do really extremely well in the next level of whatever. Um, something else I want to touch upon. We just got back from the Bluegrass World Series. Yeah. And to uh, we interviewed about ten ex MLB players, and one thing I found very interesting was um, multiple of them got cut from their freshman baseball team. Uh, multiple um, were changed positions. So like Jason Mott, who was a really good closer for St. Louis Cardinals, was a catcher, yeah. and he couldn't hit. You know, he was hitting 185, and so they put him to, uh, you know, pitcher. Um, Daniel McCutcheon, reliever for the Pirates, was a shortstop. He couldn't hit either. (laughs) They moved him to a pitcher, but then they sustained excellence as pitcher. So it was just amazing to me, the majority of the guys that had played five-plus a minimum, some 10-plus years in MLB, were either cut or moved or whatever. And I found that really interesting. I feel like that's a cough, you know, so to your team, you're looking for grinders, you're looking for people that overcome you know, will, adversity, yeah. you know, again, and that, that's the biggest thing and being a good teammate, whatever it takes, I'll, you know, mm-hmm. you want me to catch, I'll catch, but I can't hit. Okay. You want me to pitch? I'll get on the mount, you know? And I think those are big, big things. Uh, you know, with our guys, you know, one of the things I talk to our guys about, like, I want you to be a better man for playing here at UC. And, and we, you know, have a, you know, we have a couple acronyms that we talk about because when they graduate or when they leave and go to Pro Bowl, I want them to have some principles and some values. And again, I think athletics, that happens, but sometimes it happens by accident. And I want to be intentional about it. So like we, we talk about we are UC and that's an acronym and the, the, the we is our foundation. It's our work habits and our effort. And I said, it should never be questioned. Like the heart of it is our, our attitude, the A is for attitude, the R is for respect, the E is for enthusiasm. And again, have a team first attitude, a positive attitude, that type of stuff. Respect, respect your teammates, respect yourself, what you put into it. You know, respect women. We talk about that. The E is for enthusiasm, do what you love. You know, I tell them, this, this field's either your playground or your prison. You know, and I, I if you if it's your playground, hey, we're going to come out, we're going to have a great time, you know. And then the, the UC part is, you know, we joke around about you're always under construction, the U under construction. But the U is your brand. What's your brand? Are you are you a hard worker? You know, again, if, if you're not known for working hard, you're not working hard enough. And, and you know, are you the party guy? Are you the, you know, the funny guy? You, you know, what whatever the brand may be. And then the C is for our culture. And, and because, again, we want to try to build that culture where – and again, I I usually don't use the underdog. We did this year, uh, to be honest with you, because we were picked like eighth or ninth in our conference. Um, you know, we had nobody on the first team or second team. I'm all conference. I'm like, hey man, we are the underdog. I like to try to use, you know, the motivation of be the best that you can be. But sometimes, again, you have to use that underdog mentality of like, hey man, they're disrespecting you. What we got something to, to prove. But you know, those are some of the things that we we talk about with our guys that we might you know bring up a word a week or, or just talk about those things so that again. Because a couple of years ago, I'm going to say about 10, 12 years ago, I, you know, hey, what, what do we stand for? 
and you got all these different answers and they all kind of meant the same thing, but like you want to have an identity, you know, with, right. with it. And so we really try to make sure. So like when, when, when you graduate and you're in the you know real world that you're going to have a great worth that work ethic, cause you know, that's part of the, our, our foundation, you know, and we always talk about, we want to be the hardest working team in the, in the country. We, we're not even the hardest working team on our on our on our campus. So like, I've been to Luke Fickle's practices. I mean, they bust it, you know, Coach Brennan. They, those guys, they're they're working hard, but our guys work hard too. And I think getting back to your point, that's kind of work in the process, and that's an overused term yeah. right now. But it is. It's like you you got to just keep. And I hate using the word grind because we're playing a sport, but there is an element of grind. Like you sure. have to do it every day. Yeah. And, and, and I'll yep. say too to your point as far as the acronym. That does work, you know, because as we can, Kyle and I can talk about the acronym, we have a few that we have taken from Miami, but I know one we used on a regular basis is one we got from Coach Hepner, late great Coach Hepner was win. What's important now, yep. you know, and that's something that we, you know, every once in a while we'll throw out because again, sports and business and the, how they correlate, it just fits in the everyday business. So, I mean, those things definitely and, and, do work. And we live, like, what you're giving to your players is, like, what they'll remember. Like, we talk about it, on as, as crazy as it sounds, what, almost 14 years later, we talk about the win. We talk about um, if you're not wor- if you're not wor- working for us, you're working against us. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. Coach, Coach Hepps, like, you literally, his his things, like, what you have yeah. there. And I see him saying it. Um, yeah. yeah, you see <laughs> But it, you, like, it's so – like what you're doing for those young men and, 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 and coaches always say it, or your mentors, you don't realize it in the moment. It's just hard. It's hard to, it's hard to conceptualize that and say, Oh, this is going to be so impactful for me 10 years from now. But I just think it's, it's unbelievable, you know, how important Mm -hmm. a coach and a mentor is. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing there. One, one of the last questions I had was I was fortunate enough to come out of, uh, I think it was the, the Houston basketball game and you guys were playing um, Bowling Green and uh, a guy named Urban Meyer was standing there. So I went up, and we have, I have a couple mutual connections, and, and he was standing there. Uh, I know Nate is, is, a, is a player, but I, I talked to him for like an hour, and it was a, an unbelievable experience for me. We exchanged information. We've emailed back and him forth. Him and Coach Urban Meyer are now best friends. Yeah. What are you <laughs> getting at? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send him this, so yeah. watch out. Um, but how is it, you know, um, how is it, you know, have you guys had a lot of conversations about leadership or coaching or is it kind of just more of a casual? I was curious. How I, I really want to have those conversations, mm-hmm. but I, I'm trying to be respectful of Nate, sure. you know, uh, and, and just treating, you know, Coach Meyer as, as, a, as a dad. But it's tough because there's a lot, you know, the coach in me wants to go pick his brain and, and talk to him. And, and he's been he's been awesome. You know, uh, I, I have talked to him a couple of times at, on the road at breakfast, you know, yeah. we'll sitting down there talking a little bit. But, uh, you know, he. he He's been really he's he's been great and it's it's interesting because like you know Nate did play uh, for us this year uh, didn't play a, a ton but he did get a lot of meaningful innings and some reps and stuff but um, and and I didn't notice it but uh, other people told me like when when uh, his son's not playing he's he's very nice and and talking and, and sign autographs when when Nate's playing man he's locked in like right. he is he's like it's it's, it's 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 no longer you know hey he's he's locked in but he's been awesome and uh, you know Nate's. Nate's a great kid, uh, and again, he had a good summer. He played in the Great Lakes League. 
actually played for the uh, Settlers uh, up in uh, uh, Newark, this this okay. in the Great Lakes. You know the the, yeah, the yeah, Newark yeah. Settlers and uh, he our had, stomping ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hit about. He played at uh, Don Edwards Park. And yeah. So he 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 hit about three hundred this summer. So, and he he looked good. He came back in in good shape, and uh, I'm excited to get him out there in the fall because he like I said he uh, he played uh, some meaningful innings for us last year. Yeah, and he's a great. Like I said, I was up there for an hour and um, just decided to. To go and, and just you know say hey you know there was a lot of like I said mutual connections through football and and different things and and um, great ambassador of UC as well I mean he he couldn't speak higher about what you guys are doing and but it's just great to see that um, and I know his son's there but uh, I was just curious of how that and it's always good to have I guess that in your yeah your back pocket per se and like you said you got to have I think he just wants to be a dad and that's what he's there to do and rightfully so but um, I'm I'm happy that trust he's me involved, I want to so. tap into that I mean <laughs> you know I mean he's uh, obviously a wealth of knowledge sure, you know? sure. I have one last question as well because yeah. again I always think about our audience and you know people only see again baseball they only see the actual game they don't see the work that goes behind the scenes talk a little bit about um, a lot of times people are like well what do coaches do when the season's over and it's like well those same kids are probably moving on the seniors are graduating talk a little bit about what goes on outside of the season and kind of what that grind looks like for yourself wait yeah. hold on we just have to this I large killed fl- that fly did you so anyone that was that's not watching, a fly, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah it was, it was like a bat, bat yeah. a bird I got or something him. so so anyone that hasn't seen the the or the video that we'll be posting, there's been a fly which you hopefully you can huge. see. It's huge, and I just got him. So, anyway, you, guys are, you, guys are, you guys are welcome yeah. for that. Well, thank you, appreciate thank that. You. Thought I had you. some humor to this. Granville coming through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because a lot of people are like, oh, you coach for like, you teach classes, you do stuff, and, and uh, I don't. You know, uh, there's a lot. The 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 lifeblood of the program is recruiting. Uh, and so like in the, in the summer, we're out recruiting all the time. And uh, we, we do so in the spring also, like watch local games. But, you know, my assistants, I want them at practice and at games. Like some coaches will send them out during, during uh, you know, spring games. I think it's important that we're, we're, you know, they're coaching our guys up. But our guys go out, we go out recruiting uh, quite a bit. And then like right now, we got kids coming back. There'll still be some recruiting this fall, but we get into fall ball, a lot of the developmental with, with our guys in terms of, you know, not only cutoffs and relays and bunt defenses, but developing swings and, and uh, pitching, that type of stuff. And, and then lifting and conditioning all the way till, till finals. And then when we get right back in January, we crank it back up. So they're really, and, and, there used to be a lot more downtime before, but now with the recruiting calendar, it's there's not a lot of downtime. They has a lot of regulations. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> yeah. They do. And, and some of that's to protect the student athletes. Some of it's to, you know, to protect the coaches. You know, but uh, it's it's a. And, and recruiting now is earlier and earlier. Like when I first got to Indiana, you know, you'd wait till about this time and you start calling seniors. You know, now we're we're out there seeing freshmen and sophomores, and which is kind of crazy because my son's a, so- a freshman, you know, and like, but you know, we have prospect camps, we have camps, and so you're you're always evaluating guys. And well, I have a son that's three. And a son that's one, like so you might spot. want to start recruiting I, I, him now. So, <laughs> one's named Crosley after Crosley Field. There that's we go. That's, that's, baseball that's name. a baseball so, name, man. That's baseball good. name. He's pretty coordinated. So, you know, maybe one years old, we start recruiting process. So, Coach Googs, <laughs> I better see some Twitter. Like, hey, how's yeah. Crosley at I'll, one years old? Doing? So, <laughs> I'll, I'll just make sure it's not a compliance. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. but, but I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, let's make sure to stay, yeah. keep 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 compliant. But um, we do have some fast fire. Um, I figured uh, do a few of these. 
Um, you know, quick questions. All right. Favorite post game celebration by your players? I know that's a big thing in in college baseball. And you here, know, you this see. year and it, it happened. Um, during the our American conference tournament, they had a, a a fungo bat and they had like shot they they put cups on there. They're doing shots of water because it, it was ninety eight degrees down there. Shotski, right? Yeah, and it yeah. was like, hey, stay hydrated, stay hydrated. And at first, I'm kind of like, what are these ding dongs doing? But it, it was pretty good. I, I thought it was pretty cool. The the whatever that shot fungo bat, whatever it was. Love it. I love yeah. that man. I, that's that's must see uh, Instagram stuff there. Um, if you could pick one of the big uh, Cincinnati food chains, either Skyline, La Rosa's, or Graders, one you had to choose one of the three. What would it be? Boy, I, I mean, you're talking three of my favorite. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd probably say Graders, just because of the fact that I, I mean, as a Googans, you always have room for ice cream. That's our motto in our family. Like, I don't care how big of a, a meal we eat, you know, you always have room for ice cream. The Googs, yeah, Googs, yeah, like, absolutely. All right. Um, Favorite former, or I guess more, one of the more enjoyable um, ex-players that maybe even coach here at University of Cincinnati, any alumnus that have been involved, like who, who is someone you've really garnered a relationship with? Well, you know, I think probably my first year was was uh, Manny Rodriguez was our shortstop, and he's still playing with the Mets. But it's just really interesting because my youngest son just, just idolizes Manny, and we were just talking about the other day, and and you know Manny gave him his baseball card, and and Charlie, my son, collects baseball cards, and he was putting his dream team together, and they're all big leaguers except for Manny's at shortstop, and so I, I would say Manny Rodriguez probably right now. Yeah, and I think something I um uh, I want you to know this, and I don't know if we talked about this before, but I got a good buddy that I grew up with, Neil Walker. When he was in town, he actually specifically asked me. He heard from Josh Harrison when they played for the Pirates, uh, talking about a former yeah. alum, how Josh nice awesome. of a, a facility. We actually, on his when he was in town, before I dropped him off at the stadium, asked to come see U- University of Cincinnati baseball field. Wow. So, and we we stopped, we pulled out, and he actually went and looked at it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 a beautiful facility, um, and I think that's just shows where the where the program is from a facility standpoint obviously from a winning perspective um coaching so i just wanted you to know that i think that was kind yeah. of a cool thing that is where uh you know a guy that's well play with the yankees or the mets or whatever has no relation to university of cincinnati that you have an ambassador like josh harrison that's telling his teammate and then he goes out of his way to come down just to come here. look yeah. at a, a baseball field i was just like you want to go look at the field, and I was like, kind of like caught off guard. I was like, okay, well. yeah. Josh has been been awesome. So, Same with Kevin yeah, Euclid being yeah. able to come out and speak to the team, and you know, Ian Happ comes around still. So yeah. it's it seems it's, like the brotherhood's pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. solid. At least we called the brotherhood in Miami and in the the network, and I think that's so critical. Um, you have any other fast fires? I was going some Granville stuff, but yeah. better athlete, your wife or you. I got to go with my wife. I got to get like, <laughs> All right. You might not get into the house. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, there's days I wake up, I'm like, did I even play sports? You know, it's, it's amazing when you get old. I'm a lot older than you guys. So it's, it's yeah. like, what in the heck? Well, well, as a former, um, you know, Granville alum and, and, and a supporter of what you guys are doing here at University of Cincinnati, um, really enjoyed watching you, listening to you, engaging. Anyone that listened to this obviously can understand why. Um, you know, Coach Googs is having sustained excellence, has grown in his career, and just very thankful um, that you spent time with us today and, and really appreciate it. Best of luck moving forward. Thank I know you. you're going to have continued success, hopefully, a lot more uh, shot skis and yeah. uh, home runs and celebrations. And totally. we plan on, you know, uh, I know I made it to a few games. We'll definitely continue to support the program. And um, thank you for, for everything. Appreciate it. Thanks, thank fellas. you. Thanks. Appreciate it.
Thanks for listening to The Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps. And send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.